0: Welcome back. We're in Revelation 20, verse 7. Let's go. Verse 7. Now, remember, we just uh, talked about the 1,000-year millennial kingdom. And here we're at the end of it. It says, verse 7, Now when the 1,000 years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together in battle. to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Here we go. So verse seven. So we talked about the millennial kingdom. It's a thousand year time period. There'll be resurrected believers who are reigning as kings and priests with Jesus. Uh, he's ruling with an I- rod of iron, and we are ruling with a rod of iron to make sure that sin does not manifest itself. There will be people in earthly bodies as well. those are the people who survive through the tribu- uh, they enter the tribulation as unbelievers. they believe in Jesus during the tribulation, and they don't die during the tribulation, so they make it to the millennial kingdom in the millennial kingdom. Because the um, people who have accepted Jesus will no longer be subject to death. They won't die. They'll live the entire thousand year period. They'll have children. Those children will have to receive Jesus. If they don't receive Jesus, then they will die. They'll die at the age of 100. So the population on earth during the millennial kingdom will probably be massive. Because people will be living a thousand years or for that entire 1,000-year period, if they're born in the year 300, they'll live for 700. If they're born in 500, they'll live for 500 years, all the way through the end of the Millennial Kingdom. But those born of those earthly people will have to choose Jesus. Some will choose him, some won't. Sin will be reigned at. People may think about that thought, but Jesus and us believers are helping rule with a rod of iron to make sure that, that sin does not get manifested. But what happens? So Satan, that whole time during the Millennial Kingdom, was bound. He was in the abuso. He was in the bottomless pit. There's smoke rising out of this pit in the area of Edom. Not Eden, but Edom, E-D-O-M. And then at the end of the thousand years, Satan is released from his prison. Is this a place where he was sitting, sitting on his phone, flipping through TikTok and Facebook and watching Netflix? No, he was in prison. That's his prison for a thousand years. He couldn't go around to people and indwell them anymore. He couldn't go around and uh, tempt them anymore. Now, people still had uh, sin in their bodies because they were born of sinners, but because the people born during the Millennial Kingdom, born of earthly body people, will still have that imputed sin and will have to uh, come to atonement. And redemption the same way, through by grace, through faith in Jesus Christ. So Satan's released from his prison, and he'll go to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth. So, who's he going to try and deceive? He's going to try and deceive those who are born during the Millennial Kingdom. And he's wanting to say, Hey, you really believe that you should be have a dictator over you, and Jesus telling you what to do, and not to do this, and to do this. And some people are going to say... You know what? You're right. So remember that um, they, uh, believe that those who don't believe are going to die at age 100. So over that 1,000-year period, the people who were born in the first 900 years won't be around for this, but the people who were born in the last 100 years uh, will be around for this. Those who never accepted Jesus. They didn't accept him as the Lord and Savior, invite him into their life, have faith in him, and that uh, faith is, is uh, you know, with uh, without sight because the unbelievers can't see Jesus because he's in the Holy of Holies and he, they're not allowed to see him because they have sin and they're not holy. And if you think about this, you and I have made such a choice. Well, hopefully you have. I, I know that I have. I have chosen to be chosen. We have, have selected to be elected. And God knows who's going to, Come to him so he knows who's going to be in heaven with him. That doesn't mean he forces your hand or he makes you not believe, he gives you free will to choose. And he'll be able to explain it to us one day, right? How we both have free will and sovereign, and he's sovereign, but it's true, both are biblical. That we have the ability to decide, uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith, through our faith. Uh, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So. If you confess with your mouth, that's a confession. And believe in your heart, so that's your belief. So we choose to be chosen. We select to be elected. And the same will be true of those born during the Millennial Kingdom. But somehow, and I'm blown away by this, Satan will be able to persuade a great number of people to rebel against the one who will have done nothing but great for them for this thousand-year period. Jesus will have given them a perfect environment of peace and perfection, right? All the um, people today who say, oh, give peace a chance and world peace, that's great, right? That's great in theory. We know we're not going to have it as believers because we know we live in a lost and dying world. So our desire for peace is the same as theirs, but how we get there is different because we look through a biblical lens, a biblical worldview, and we know that peace is not going to happen until the thousand-year period and then eternal period eternal peace after the millennial kingdom but still some of these people are going to rebel against Jesus and that is it's really hard to think about in this perfect environment of land of plenty and prosperity and peace and perfection but that's that's what's going to happen um you know we we want to appreciate that God is blessing us today so let's not wait for those people to kind of root on and, and help those people during the millennial kingdom as we're reigning with Jesus. But today, let's make a difference and let's say, yeah, I don't live in perfect peace. I don't live in perfection. I don't live in in pre- prevail. I don't prevail in everything I do. But And I say this to myself because this is this is one of my struggles, is help me to be grateful for what I have, even though it's not perfect, even though it's not... Uh, perfection you know perfect conditions and all of that but just lord help me to be grateful that you gave me the ability to love you and like a robot can't be forced to love i can't be forced to love you i chose to love you but i didn't choose this until later in life and i choose for my children uh, i desire for my children to come to you sooner than i came to you and i ask for those people who are on their deathbed or you know 80 90 100 years old and don't believe in you, that they would come to know you. But help me be grateful. And I encourage all of us, um, because you probably share this with me, just help us to be grateful uh, for what we have and for who you are, Jesus. So, if we look at Luke 19, 14, it says, But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. So, Satan's going to get a certain amount of the population to rebel against Jesus, even they in these perfect conditions of the millennial kingdom. Why does God allow this to happen? Because God is love, and love requires a choice. You hear that? Love requires a choice. You can't be forced to love someone. Have you ever been forced to like or play or hang out with someone, a colleague, a friend, whatever, maybe even a, a, a marriage? You can't be forced to love someone. Now, you can fall in love with someone who you are kind of forced to get together with for whatever reason, in business and uh, marriage and friendship, but it's your choice to love. And these people under Jesus have a choice to love him, but many will still choose to reject him. that's just, it's baffling to me, but it's going to happen. It's going to be true because God tells us this. It says, Satan will be released from his prison, We'll go out to deceive the nations. Who's he deceiving the nations? That's talking about the world, not just one little group, one little area. This is which are in the four corners of the earth. So that's not saying that the earth is not round. We've already talked about, well, we haven't talked about this maybe, but in Genesis, actually, God tells us that the the uh, earth has a circumference. That means it is round long before what we would call science told us that the earth is round, the Bible told us that earth is round because God is omniscient. He is omni-scient, omni-science, which means all science, all knowing. He is the chief scientist, the lead scientist, and the majority of scientists on this earth get it wrong when they talk about the theory of evolution, macroevolution, and things of the sort. Um, and then they throw their principles out the out the window, and they're like, yeah, no, I know that something can't come, or nothing can or something can't come from nothing but it happened in the case of the earth, that's what they say of course they're wrong and they violate their own principles to do it they say that evolution is a proven fact when they know that it's only a theory because it can't be proven by observational science so the theory of evolution will always be a theory and can never ever be proven because you can't go back in time and observe it you can only make um, calculations and informed decisions so both the theory of macroevolution and the earth coming from nothing and people coming from nothing and then from monkeys and fish and all that crazy nonsense, uh, that requires faith. And just as it requires faith to come to believe that God created us, as that there's a creator, which makes a lot more sense to me and is a lot easier to believe than the other. So I don't know why scientists uh, uh, check their brains at the door when it comes to creation, but uh, many of them do, sadly. And so this is talking about the four corners of the earth, just, just talking about just an expression, just like we'd you know, say all over the place, or I'm going to you know, travel the four corners and go. That just means you're, you're looking everywhere, you're going everywhere. And that's what Satan's going to do. He's going to get people from all over the world. And then it says Gog and Magog. Well, this is not the Gog and Magog that's referred to in Ezekiel 38. Uh, there, Magog is a great land north of Israel, and Gog is its ruler. Here the words refer to the nations of the world in general. Uh, there it was premillennial. Here it's postmillennial, and so it it might be kind of like saying, "Oh, it's a it's a Waterloo or it's a battle." Um, so that's what that's referring to. And it says to gather them together to battle, whose number is as of the sand of the sea. So it's surprising to me that Satan will be able to get this many people. This is a lot of people. Um, to rebel against Jesus. I'm talking a lot of people in perfect conditions. Now, they haven't been like running around sinning with murder and adultery and stuff like that because we, the believers, along with Jesus, are ruling with a rod of iron and making sure that sin stays in check and doesn't get manifested, but still they have sin in their hearts. They have sin in their nature. And they have the ability to choose to side with Satan against Jesus at the end of the period. And because they're sinful beings and they chose not to love Jesus, they chose to love Satan they will get exactly what they're looking for they'll get one battle against jesus and then they're going to get eternal separation from jesus which is exactly what they wanted because we don't like this guy we've seen this perfection and we don't want any part of it i don't know why there's they don't um and so they're going to rebel against him and Since so them he gathered them to bet, together to battle, his numbers is of the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints in the beloved city. The beloved city, of course, is Jerusalem. So they all converge on this. They come from the four corners of the earth, from all points of the globe, from all nations. And they're with Satan at the end of the thousand years because he got, this is in the future, but he gets released. And they're trying to just take down Jerusalem again. Remember, the Satan had energized, or indwelled, I think indwelled, the Antichrist when he was around, and they were fighting against Jerusalem, and they they had attacked, you know, basically taken out two-thirds of the city with just devastation, horrible things done to people and children and women, and they're coming back. They're going to try and do it again with Jesus literally in the Holy of Holies, not just the Holy Spirit, but literal Jesus in the Holy of Holies there in Jerusalem. And here's what it says. Check this out. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Now, it doesn't give us a time reference. But to me, it sounds like it's pretty instant. You're just going to look around. Fire comes down from heaven. Boom. They're gone. You remember what came out of the two witnesses' mouths during the tribulation? While they were there? It was fire. You know what fire is representative of? Judgment. Brass is also representative of judgment. So here we see the fire, the judgment of God coming out of heaven and devouring them. They're just gone. Then 10, it says the devil who deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone. Now remember, today the devil is not in hell. He is the prince of the power of the air. He is the one who controls this world to a very large extent. But God has limited him. His power. So remember when Job, Satan was walking to and fro, which means he can't be in one place, all places at one time, but only one place at a time. He has to ask God's permission, which means God is in, in ultimate control. Um, God sets parameters, but for God's purposes, he allowed Satan to rebel in heaven as an angel. He was then cast out of heaven with a third of the host of angels. He's allowed to be the prince of the air. And... Uh, he was allowed to take the title deed to the earth. And he still is the prince of the air, even though Jesus conquered death on the cross and it is finished. But Jesus hasn't come back to take ownership of the earth, if you will. So G- uh, Satan still is abound. And even when he's bound up, he's done so much damage that it's still in people's hearts and they want to sin. Uh, but for the ones who come to Jesus and at the end here he's going down the devil who deceived them was cast in the lake of fire so the false prophet and the antichrist are already and again we're looking forward and kind of talking backwards at the same time this is after the after the millennial kingdom but before the millennial kingdom at the beginning of the millennial kingdom right before the millennial kingdom uh the prophet the false prophet and the antichrist were thrown into the lake of fire, and now the satan's going to join them. So remember, with the Trinity, we have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Satan tries to copycat that because he tries to copycat everything, and he's got the unholy Trinity, the satanic Trinity. And he, uh, so he's the false prophet, the antichrist, and Satan. So you've got like Satan the Father, uh, the antichrist is, is you know his counterfeit to Jesus. And then the false prophet is his counterfeit to the Holy Spirit. Well, the two of them have already been cast in the lake of fire. Now Satan is going to be thrown in the lake of fire to join them forever and ever. Prior to that, prior to the false prophet and the Antichrist being there, it was empty. The lake of fire was completely empty. Because as I've kind of mentioned, let's call it hell number two. But hell number one is where people uh, are today who are unbelievers, reject Jesus and die. That will ultimately be emptied and everybody will be cast into the lake of fire after the false prophet and the Antichrist and after Satan have been cast there. Um, this let, Let's actually pick up the rest tomorrow because there's more to go on this. So we will pick up in uh, talking about the lake of fire tomorrow in verse 10. Lord, thank you for loving us. Help us to be grateful. Help me to be grateful for everything I have you, first and foremost, for family and friends, for the resources that I have, and help me to know I have a responsibility with the resources that you give me, the gifts that you've given me, uh, the money and the time that you've given me. Help me to be responsible with it in a way that glorifies you, Lord, and doesn't just hog it for myself, and doesn't forget that you gave it to me. Lord, help us to all fall deeper in love with you today and serve you today by telling people about you. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Daily Verse by Verse. We want you to be prepared in season and out of season to study the whole counsel of God so that you can share with people who Jesus is through your actions so that you have the right to tell them who Jesus is so that they can come to know Jesus or come to know Jesus better. We strongly encourage you to share this message this podcast on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, message, email someone who you think could benefit from it. It's an easy way for you to go out and witness to the world just by sharing this podcast. We hope you'll join us tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.